are going today, guys? We're back here live in the studio for an episode of Hot Takes with TP3. Once again, I'm your host, Thomas Penland, joined by Ben Gorwitz. Ben, say what's up to the people, man. Hope everyone had a nice uh, Christmas break and is getting ready for New Year's. Time to, uh, if you're 21 and older, get those livers rested nice because New Year's, that'd be a whole lot of fun. Oh, yeah, guys. Well, I'm just as excited for New Year's as Ben is. New Year's Eve, we will have the college football playoff, which is going to be absolutely awesome. Um, Georgia game comes on at 730. We got Alabama, Cincinnati, Ben's squad playing before that. But if you're tuning in to listen to us talk about those games, guys, we will not be talking about those till our Thursday podcast. So be on the lookout for that. But we are going to give you guys a a preview of all the bowl games we see on Tuesday, on Wednesday and on Thursday. So that's going to be fun to uh, listen to all that. But before that, guys, we got to talk about what we watched yesterday on NFL Sunday. First of all, Ben. I know you told me this before we got on here. Yesterday's NFL was so bad, it put Ben to sleep through the most of the 1 o'clock and a decent bit of the 4 o'clock games. Um, I mean, 4 o'clock, you literally watched Denver and Raiders try to give the game to the other team the entire time. Um, the other two games, yeah, I mean – Seahawks and Bears. Yeah, I don't even – like, Seahawks and Bears <laughs> was a good game, but, like, am I really going to waste my time watching the Seahawks and the Bears play each other at this point? Hell no. And then you watch Big Ben and the Steelers get embarrassed, which I think we all knew was going to happen. I mean, 1 o'clock, the games are pretty terrible. Don't get me wrong. Houston versus the Chargers was a close game, but, like, that, that game should never be a close game. You know what I mean? Then the Falcons – get. I mean, I guess the Vikings and Rams was a decent game. The Falcons and Lions was a decent game. Probably the Vikings and Rams was the best one of the entire window. Ben, let's take things all the way back, though, to Saturday, and that's where we'll start things out. Right. First of all – I think it's ridiculous and it kind of pisses me off a little bit. Don't get me wrong. The Brown season could pop probably be over, but at the same time they do control their own destiny because they play Pittsburgh this week. The next week they're going to have Cincinnati. Cincinnati plays at Kansas city this week. And if Kansas city wins, they lock up the number one seed. I mean, you got to think Cincinnati's going to lose that game and it's going to come down to next week. Um, I don't know though if if the if the Brown I personally don't think the Browns are going to win in Pittsburgh. That's going to be Big Ben's last game. But how ridiculous is it? Literally, I saw someone put on Twitter that your pinky toe, like most, like there's a lot of people who live without a pinky toe. It bears the most weight and means the least. The, the like it was literally like the announcers were like were like going crazy over Aaron Rodgers' pinky toe. And Baker Mayfield's out here throwing interceptions and they're trashing him when he's playing with every part of his body injured. I mean, it's ridiculous. Baker Mayfield sucks, but. He's every part of his body's injured, and Aaron Rodgers has the most, probably the most meaningless part of your body possible injured, and that's all they want to talk about. Yeah, I mean, he he even Rodgers seems like once a week he's even able, like in the red zone, he kind of scrambles mm-hmm. and he does his little pump fake and outruns a defensive end. I mean, you know, I'm sure he's in a lot of pain. Um, I mean, just anything on your foot is just not, not mm-hmm. fun to deal with. But I mean, yeah, if we're going to compare injuries, I mean, one's got a fractured pinky toe and the other one's got a torn labrum in his left shoulder um a heel that i don't know what the issue is but it's going to require surgery at the end of the year and then whatever else he's got i mean it's just i don't know i think it's easy to make to make an excuse for the greats like when they don't perform well like aaron Rodgers, but Mm. he just performs like a god every single week um (laughs) i mean this dude's incredible. Rod- Rodgers might be playing the, the best of his career with this injury, which is kind of tailored to your point. Like, it may not be a big deal because, mm-hmm. dude, he is shredding defenses. And it's like, it doesn't even look like it's difficult. Like, it looked like he's just floating passes into Devontae Adams, throwing lasers. Like, I mean, he had a pass down the right sideline to Alan Lazard, who went deep, and it was dropped in a bread basket. I mean, it was just perfect. To talk about Baker, listen, it's he's in a really tough situation because he's trying to get a contract extension. He, mm-hmm. I would assume he wants to stay with Cleveland, but it's not settled that they want him, so he wants to prove that he's good enough to be their franchise quarterback, and he's trying to get his team in the playoffs. But it comes to a point to where if you're this banged up, it's almost like him sitting would do his team a favor. And I actually, like, I wouldn't notice this. I don't think the, the naked eye of a, of just a, you know, a football fan like us would notice mm-hmm. this, but the announcer, and I can't remember who it was after he said it. Uh, I noticed it every time he throws the ball left, he's got no velocity on his football, no mustard on it. Like 
he can't throw left right now. It's because he can't throw with his left shoulder because he his shoulder comes out every time. Yep. He's got nothing on the throws. And if you go back and watch the the tape on his last uh, this past game yesterday, mm-hmm. every throw left is short to his receivers, and it's just you know that that interception that one of the interceptions he had, the guy was open when he threw it, and Rasul Douglas just turned his back and was able to get there because the ball had no velocity on it. Yep. And it's almost like Baker would do I, – I think the Browns are honestly better without Baker Mayfield right now. The problem agree. is everyone else has COVID. I mean, their other quarterbacks, like, they don't have an option this week. So it, it's a bad situation. Um, I'm expecting the Browns to move on from Baker Mayfield at the end of the year. I actually think it could do better for him. Um, I, I would – I would classify Baker in the Brown situation as a toxic work environment. I really would. I would consider what Tua was going through a toxic work environment. Yep. You go out there trying to win games for your team and your fan base, and they don't show any love to you back, whether you deserve it or not, you should back up your starting quarterback at all times. And I don't think the Browns have ever showed Baker love since they drafted him. He's the only quarterback that I can remember off the top of my head that won them a playoff game. Um, I, I don't know. Who who else has won the Browns a playoff game since I've been alive? I, I, Did Brandon Whedon or – no way, right? No, exactly. Brady Baker, Quinn? Baker Mayfield's been – no, Baker Mayfield's been the longest tenured quarterback they've even had since, like, we've been alive, which is crazy to even think about. It, I think he needs – It's going to be time to add his name to that long list of jerseys that they have of all the quarterbacks <laughs> that they've had. He's going to be the next one. I think they should bring him back personally. I don't know if they will or not. I would bring him back, though. I mean, look, he's young. For on current. what? On a long-term deal? I don't know if I a long-term deal. I would, I, I would franchise the, tag him. Yeah, I was about to say, I would put the franchise tag on him twice and kind of do the Kirk Cousins thing. Be like, Make prove it, it to, prove it to yeah. me that you deserve to be here. You know, I would give him a break. I, I mean, they've had two terrible breaks here down the stretch. The fact they had to play a short – I mean, they literally played on Tuesday, turned around and played on Saturday – and then on top of that, they literally just, you know, like they literally last week had to play with Nick Mullins and they lost both those games. And I mean, they could have won both of them. You I mean, you got to think if they probably had all week to prepare for those games and had everybody available to play in those games, they probably win both of them. So, I mean, for crying out loud, Carolina gave Sam Darnold the fifth year. I mean, you got to give Baker, I think, one more year. I agree. I, I really I don't, don't think, think they're smart enough to do it, though. But, I mean, this, the other thing is, who are you, what are you going to do that's better at quarterback? You know, unless you can bring in like Russell Wilson. I've, I don't even know, though, if I want Russell Wilson. He has to be playing hurt because he looks freaking awful. He looks terrible He's out there on the worst field. Worst in his career. There's no free agent quarterback you can get. There's nobody in the draft that you can get that's better. I personally would give – I would franchise tag Baker, run it back one more time, see what happens before I would do anything like getting rid of him. I just think the Browns have had a lot of tough breaks this season. I think you got to give him one more chance. I mean, you had to deal with all the Odell Beckham crap too. That, that's got to add on as well. It's just been a weird year for the Browns in general. I mean, you even got to think back to week one if that freaking punter can catch the snap they might even beat Kansas city that week. I mean, it is really coming down to one loss right now for them, but the good news is they're not out of it yet. Um, but one other thing I want to say about this game before we move and talk about the other Saturday game is back to what you're saying about Aaron Rodgers putting the ball there. I feel like Aaron Rodgers and Brady, they throw these passes. And when you see the replay of them, it's like literally the perfect pass. Like literally if they yeah. threw the ball a centimeter, the other direction, it doesn't go in there. And I mean, it's just crazy to see that every single Sunday anyway, though, Let's move on now to this other game we saw, which, I mean, honestly, we learned a lot about these two teams. First of all, shout out to Indianapolis, man. Not only were they yeah. able to run the ball effectively, but Carson Wentz threw the ball well, and they won this game with basically their entire backup offensive line in. That was an absolutely insane victory by Indianapolis, and shout out to them. But from the flip side of things, Arizona's biggest problem, they have so much talent, but their coach is an absolute moron. Cliff Always Kingsbury is a complete idiot. I mean, he's challenged that ball that did, was not even close to being a drop pass. I mean, it, I don't even know yeah, what two he was challenges. Challenging. Yeah, and, but <laughs> the thing is, he had already used one of his challenges on that. Then he couldn't challenge them not getting a first down that would have at least given them a fourth down. I mean, 
anything can happen in the NFL. You got to at least challenge it and move them back. It would have been a fourth and inches, but I mean, with their whole offensive liner, you got to think you can get a push up front and stuff them right there and get the ball back. So he screws himself there. Then, like you said, he takes a second horrible challenge. This team is a product of Cliff Kingsbury. Notice why he does so well at the beginning of the season. Then once you get to see his play sheet, you get to see his plays as the season goes on. Kyler Murray isn't as effective as running as the season goes on. Boom. Cliff Kingsbury gets exposed for the fraudulent coach he is. I think Arizona is the wrong head coach, and until they replace Cliff Kingsbury, this team gets bounced first round. I don't care who they play. They lose first round of the playoffs. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, here's a stat. You ready? Kyler Murray in games one through eight in his career. Uh, has he had he's a Cliff Kingsbury his entire NFL yeah. career? Yeah, so games one through eight, their records together 15, eight, and one. Games nine and uh, however longer they go, their records are six and 14. I mean, that that's not great, and I agree with you. And the only, the only thing that I can wrap my head around is Cliff Kingsbury must be an unbelievable man at interviews because. What did he do in college that made you be like, mm, I want that guy. He's going to be a successful head coach. Like he, he, did he have, how many winning seasons did he have at Texas tech? Like, <laughs> or wherever he was before that. I mean, I like, don't, I don't think he did better than seven and five. And he had Patrick freaking Mahomes as his quarterback for crying out loud. Yeah. I, mean, I just, I don't know. Like, uh, I, you know, I don't know. He looks like Ryan Gosling. Maybe that's maybe, Maybe the owner just thought he's got good looks. Maybe he can recruit people. I mean, I, I don't know. I I don't know what his issue is. And why I know what his issue is, he can't coach in-game. I mean, we also got to talk about that they lost their security blanket in DeAndre Hopkins. Yep. Yeah, I mean, listen, their receiving core was, like, really good and easy to compliment when you have DeAndre Hopkins there because you have guys that are very complimentary, like Christian Kirk, mm-hmm. good, solid receiver, but he's not a number one or number two. Like AJ Green, not a number one at this point in his career. He could pass for a number two, but he's probably more of like a, a good three option. If yeah, I'm being I agree. Um, Christian Kirk's by it too, but like Zach Ertz, that was a tremendous get. He's been great for them, but mm-hmm. you don't have a security blanket in DeAndre Hopkins. Now the security blanket to bail Kyler Murray out of Z- uh, Zach Ertz, who's a terrific player, but they don't have that playmaker that you can just throw the ball to and just get me a play and it's hurting them on offense and Kyler Murray can't scramble the way that he was in uh, the beginning of the season because teams like you said they figure him out dude and it's like and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be a uh, like a height um, anarchist or or height supremacy anyone because I'm, I'm not the tallest guy in the world <laughs> um, but Kyler Mer- Kyler Murray is legit scared to get hit and you can't be an NFL quarterback and listen, he's really good at avoiding hits, especially when he scrambles. He's great at scampering around everyone, which is great. Yeah. When teams keep you in the pocket, you can't backpedal, 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 and then throw it off your back foot. You're not that strong. I can promise you. Josh Allen can do it, but Kyler Murray can't. Yeah. And too often he backpedals and backpedals and then throws it off his back foot. You don't have DeAndre Hopkins to throw a prayer up to because he catches everything. You don't have that anymore. And he think, does it over and over and over. And there's no adjustments made at all. He, You can watch any film late in the season, Kyler Murray this year, last season, any year. Him and Cliff Kingsbury don't make any adjustments. They just let Kyler try and make these godly plays. And you can't do it every single time. Like he either has to – they either got to get him moving with rollouts and stuff like that. And then he can maybe scramble because he's already going that way, yeah. but he can't drop back, you know, five, six steps and just keep backpedaling from there. It's not going to work. No, I agree with you completely on that part. I see. I think what they need to do is some teams get too pass happy. They need to go back to the idea of we run the ball first. We pass the ball second. I feel like that's really what they need to go back to. But on top of all of that, 
no, back to what you said, like, I feel like Kyler Murray's biggest problem is he watches Justin Herbert, he watches Patrick Mahomes, he watches Josh Allen. Well, those guys are all 6'5 and have some of the strongest arms you've ever seen. Like, those guys make – those guys are like this – it's basically like watching Steph Curry play basketball. You see Steph Curry shoot a three-pointer from 40 feet out. He hits it. You do it. It's probably not a good shot, but you're not Steph Curry. You know what I mean? He's a freak of nature. Those guys are freaks of nature. You know what I mean? Like, they're the only guys in the NFL should be doing that. But I agree with you completely. See, I feel like Clips Kingsbury doesn't know how to help Kyler Murray out in the game like you went up there you saw the game plan like they're going five wide on second down and seven like why not get in there run the ball then you can do that on third down and then back to what you said too it's like Chase Murray can't stand Chase in the, pocket. Running the ball pretty well yeah Chase Evans was running the ball well but it's like they quit running the ball and Kyler Murray like he needs to stand the pocket more now given that that uh the safety the missed field goals that all played a part into it but man that was yeah. just an absolute shit show from Arizona and it really just got showed how much this team is trending downward but, but it I think- goes it it, go, it goes back on the on the head coach you, mm-hmm. it's your job to get everyone now listen it's the professional it's NFL football like you know the head coach probably doesn't have to micromanage every single department yeah. like a college coach would which is fine but if it needs to be done, it needs to be done. And the way that the sports world works is the head coach is getting all the blame. And I know that they're, uh, they had a new holder, like Colt McCoy was holding the mm-hmm. kicks and he had never done it in his career. Okay. He should have been practicing with the kicker all week long. He should have taken 200 snaps from the long snapper and gotten Matt Prater comfortable with him. Whatever Not like number. he's got anything else to do. And the first kick that Prater did, he kicks the laces. And listen, it's not an excuse. Uh, I'm not a kicker, but I know that kicking the laces is not ideal. Should still be able to make it. Um, but whatever. He misses the first one. They bring in a new uh, holder. I'm sure it was the punter this time around. And the laces looked fine the second go around, and Prater misses it again. And, it, I mean, just special team miscues. And, I mean, it's just like they had that play where the center snapped it too low. And once again, I don't mean to bring up Kyler's height, but if you're snapping the ball too low for Kyler Murray, it's a really bad snap. <laughs> I, I mean, he's – how tall is Kyler Murray? Five, exactly. Five, eight? I mean, he's not a tall – five, nine? He's not a tall guy. So if you're snapping it and he has to bend down to the ground, like it's a really bad snap. And thankfully, Kyler Murray has the IQ to just throw it away to get a safety instead of running out of the back of the end zone, kicking it out of the back of the end zone, or getting tackled because that would be a touchdown. So they got saved there, but I mean – so many miscues, and you know what? I'm putting all the blame on Kingsbury because it just seems like it, it just seems like he would wants to call plays and have no responsibility to everything else. Mm-hmm. And that's fine if you're an offensive coordinator. But if you're a head coach, you have to manage every single department of the game. And the Cardinals are so bad at just the little things in football. Yeah, I agree with you completely on that one, Ben. Will chart well, you know, they'll get exposed. Who, who in the would playoffs. they play right? Who would they play right now? Because I think in they the clinched a spot in the playoffs. Yeah, they're they've clinched a spot, but they're currently projected to be the wild card. They would play Tampa Bay. They lose by 30. 40. <laughs> it would not as long be. as as long as like Fournette and Mike Evans are back, obviously. Yeah, although I don't even know if they need them necessarily. Give him in, give give him Antonio Brown and Gronk. Brady's got all he needs, as we saw. Anyway, though, let's talk about this this wild card picture. Everything got shaken up now. Now we have Indianapolis and taking that five spot at nine and six. In the sixth spot, we have the nine and six Patriots. And then the seventh spot, we have the eight and seven Baltimore Ravens. The Chargers have dropped out. The Raiders are still alive somehow. Pittsburgh is technically still alive. The Dolphins haven't played yet this week. Ben yeah, and if they win tonight, they take where the they take the seven spot where the Ravens are. Yep, Ben, do you think our that'll be our final picture? Dolphins, Patriots, and then obviously we both said the Titans would and the Colts would flip flop. You still think that'll be the final thing we're going to see here, or what? Yeah, I mean, I do, and I kept asking a bunch of people on the you before what's the difference between the Chargers, Bengals, and like Vikings and those kind of teams. I figured out the difference between the Bengals and the Chargers. Coaching one one has a rookie head coach, the other one has like a second or third year head coach. One has learned from past mistakes, the other one makes them every single week. And Brandon Staley, he just he 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 calls the same game every week. Mm-hmm. And I, listen, I'm not. I mean, listen, he was missing his probably his 
best player in Austin Eckler. If you want to put Herbert ahead of him, you can. I, I think Eckler is the best player they have. And they didn't have him, and they were missing some other players, but you can't lose to the Texans. by would they lose by? They lose by 20? It was like 41-21. Is that what they lost? Yeah, I think the Texans ended up pulling away at the end. But at the one point in time, they drove down when it was like 27-22 and got stopped on fourth down. 41-29. So they lost by 12. I mean, it is, okay. that's an embarrassing loss. And it just, you know, Herbert didn't play well. But if you look at the Chargers' losses this year, a lot of them are based on on uh, Staley's coaching. Yep. Um. So, I mean, I it is what it is, right? I mean, they they can't get out of their own way. And it's been like that all year, no matter how much talent they have. I still think, back to the playoff picture, I still think Tennessee can win the division. Um, Same. Because they they're still ahead. Um, they're ahead by, what are they, I think they're ahead by one game right now. Yeah, they have a one, they're up one game. Right, and... You know, they play Miami and they play Houston. I don't think Miami will be easy, but that's definitely a winnable game for the Titans. Yeah, and the Titans are um, only getting more and more healthy. They're definitely going to be Houston. Yeah, well, it should. Um, <laughs> I, I hope they do. I got Houston under four and a half wins. They're at four now, so. Yeah, I mean, so I, I think we stay the same now. Listen, it is what it is for the Ravens. Um, it's just a really unfortunate season for injuries. And they have to deal with COVID on top. I mean, no one has seen injuries like the Ravens have this year. And they mm-hmm. even lost Anthony Averett mid-game yesterday. So, I mean, they're down to – they're like seven-string secondary members. So, I mean, it's tough for them. The Patriots, let's talk about them real quick. Product of having a little bit of a rookie quarterback maybe, right? Yeah, Mac listen, Jones it, finally getting exposed. Yeah, I mean, listen, he's had a, he's had a – really good season for a rookie, especially for what the team he's on asks him mm-hmm. to do. It happens. Defenses swallow rookies up. That's what they do. I mean, look what Bill Belichick does to every rookie that he plays against, right? Mm-hmm. It, it happens. Teams figure you out. Patriots have had some injury issues, uh, some COVID issues. So they didn't like, they didn't have Stevens in yesterday. So they couldn't really run the ball like 50 times. Like they like to, uh, yeah. they don't have a two headed monster. So the new matchups will do a little bit more bad spot to play against the Bills in a huge revenge game. And it happens. I still think Mac Jones is good enough to lead this team to the playoffs. And depending on who they play, I still think he's good enough to maybe get a win. Now, I don't think he's good enough to get them to the AFC championship game or anything like that. Yeah. But the Patriots defense is very sound when they're all healthy. And when they have both running backs, they run the football very well, which means they don't ask Mac Jones to do a whole lot. So I'm not like giving up on the Patriots by any means. I'm not giving up on Mac Jones for what they ask him to do. I think he can do it. And I think he can win one playoff game. Yeah. uh, It really depending on, depending on the matchup. Yeah. It's going to really, in my opinion, come down to who they end up playing in this playoff game. But I think Mac Jones can definitely get it done in a playoff game. I mean, as of right now, it looks like they'd be playing Cincinnati. Belichick versus Cincinnati. That is a very winnable game. Um, We're on to Cincinnati. Can't wait for that. Yeah, I know. Cincinnati, I mean, since hey, what a performance by Cincinnati yesterday. But, yeah, you know, I think it's really going to come down to that. Patriots do, though, don't have the easiest schedule here to finish out the season. I mean, they still – they play the Jags, which should be winnable. But at the Dolphins, I mean, that could end up being, that could end up being huge because they could end up playing – have to play uh, t- against Indianapolis or Tennessee, which, I mean, we already saw what happened once when they played Indianapolis. I don't think they want to see that rematch just quite just yet. Um, but That'd anyway, big- the Dolphins. Oh, dude, that would be a massive game for the Dolphins. Yeah. So, I mean, I like the way things are playing out for most of these teams. Um, Dolphins have got things playing out well for them as well. Ultimately, though, guys, I think the Chargers, I mean, the Chargers have to play the Raiders, which somehow the Raiders are still here and the Broncos. I think the Chargers are going to end up sliding in and taking that last playoff spot away from the Dolphins. I think the Dolphins will end up not making the playoffs barely, but. I think Tua definitely earned to keep his spot as the starting quarterback. I would agree. Yeah, it'd definitely be interesting to see how everything plays out here in that in that side of the AFC. Let's talk NFC here real quick. Should be it, easy Dolphins tonight with how many people the Saints are missing. Yeah, there's no excuses tonight for the Dolphins whatsoever. They should be able to beat Ian Book in his first career NFL start. I honestly never thought Ian Book would start an NFL game. So Dolphins should definitely be able to handle their business tonight. Um, <laughs> what, what were you about to say? 
Fromm got a start too. Yeah, exactly. If Jake Fromm can get an NFL start, anybody can these days. So I guess we shouldn't be that shocked. Never thought Jake Fromm would start an NFL game. So now let's talk a little bit here about the NFC. And look, guys, things I think are going to play out well. So I think the 49ers should definitely be able to get in the playoffs here. The 49ers remaining schedule is versus the Texans. They should be able to beat the Texans and they have to play at the Rams. Um, Rams might not have anything left to play for at that point. The Rams have now jumped Arizona to win the, for the division lead. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. But ultimately I think the Ram I think the 49ers can stay in here and stay in this playoff spot. Um, I not think this play. Oh no, definitely not. And plus two, and the good thing is they're better on the road than they are at home. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And you know what, Ben, is the crazy thing to think about right now? Our Atlanta Falcons, man, are still hanging around here solid, which we'll talk about here in a second. But it looks like the Eagles, as I predicted, we're going to get here in the playoffs. They're now eight and seven. Um, love that prop that I took on them to make the playoffs. So we have the Saints who are currently in the spot. But the Saint, if the Saints lose tonight, Minnesota will win the tiebreaker over Atlanta and the Saints. Um, currently, um, the Saints – so – Here's the remaining schedules for everybody as they'll all kind of work everybody out. Washington has dropped six and nine now and is probably out of the playoffs at this point. Atlanta has to play at the Bills, who obviously still have a lot to play for, and versus the Saints. Um, on the other side, Vikings play at the Packers and versus the Bears. Ben and I were talking about this one on the green room. Vikings probably not making the playoffs at this point. Um, and then last but not least, we have the Saints who play the Dol Dolphins tonight. We're going to count that one as a loss since Ian Book's playing. And they play the Panthers and the Falcons. As much as I hate to say it, Ben, I think the Saints, man, are going to snag this last spot here in the playoffs. The Falcons have to play the Bills and the Saints. I mean, the Falcons already beat the Saints once. I don't think we can beat them twice. I don't think we can beat the Bills. But you know what the crazy yeah. thing is, though? Let's say that let's say the Saints win this week, they lose next week to us, and let's say the say the Vikings do as well. Unfortunately, the Vikings would win that uh, tiebreaker. But let's say the Vikings lose to the Bears somehow, which I would not put it past them at all. We've seen what the Vikings do in close games. The Rams tried to hand them now, and our Falcons could get in the playoffs here, Ben. I give it very low chances, but how crazy is it right now, man, that we're still talking about these Falcons as being a playoff team? They could think it's uh, Arthur Smith and his staff deserves an applause. Um, honestly, who really deserves one is is it Dean Pease? Is that the yeah, defensive? Dean Pease, the defensive coordinator. Uh, I've been very impressed with what he's at least been able to turn over, right? Yeah, the roster is relatively the same from what um, the team was working with last year. Raheem, Raheem, uh, Raheem Morris. Thank you. Somehow uh, the Rams DC now, which makes no sense. I think he's got a Sean McVay connection. I think they know each other. I don't know, whatever. Um, but, yeah, I mean, a lot of credit goes to Arthur uh, Smith and, and to Dean Pease for, for a job that they've done. And, listen, I can only imagine what the offense could look like if they have a top 20 receiver in the NFL who's not playing. Um, His name goes unmentioned. They're surviving without him, and that's all I can ask for as a fan. Play competitive games and at least show effort throughout the entire game. Because we haven't seen that in the past. We've seen the Falcons team kind of give up, right? Absolutely. I've been kind of impressed with the way they've been getting after the quarterback. And that is not something the Falcons have been able to do at all. At in any all. capacity uh, in recent years. So, listen, a lot of credit to the uh, coaching staff. A lot of credit to the offensive line in recent weeks. Matt Ryan has been protected much better than he has been in recent years. And he's able to get some throws off. Listen, every NFL team has playmakers enough that if you just give the quarterback time, these guys can run routes and make catches, even if you don't know their name, right? I can't mm -hmm. even, like Zacchaeus, I don't even know if that's how you pronounce it. Yeah, it's Alameda Zacchaeus. 90% of the NFL fans don't know who that is. He can make plays for you. He can get you four catches for like 60-something mm -hmm. yards. Like he's, he can do that. Now, Russell Gage, woo. Get to know that name because he's he's playing better. I think the confidence is getting up. Pitts is playing a lot better. Shout out to Pitts for uh, breaking a franchise record. Um, most receiving yards in a single season for a tight end past the legendary and the Hall of Famer Tony Gonzalez. So shout out to Kyle Pitts and congrats on him making a Pro Bowl. Um, he's been, I think, everything the franchise has wanted to when they drafted him at number four. Listen, they're, it's building blocks, right? build something that you can take forward to next season. And the fact that they're still in it 
late into December going into January is tremendous news for this franchise moving forward. They just have to continue to build on it. I'm proud. I'm proud to say I'm a Falcons fan. Same. I'm damn proud to say I'm a Falcons fan. Anyway, guys, let's get down to what all y'all want to hear. I know all y'all are here for the picks, not to listen to me and Ben talk about the NFL. So let's do this thing, guys. Let's talk about these bowl games, Ben. We got a nice little slate coming up here starting on Tuesday at 12 p.m. We're going to take things to the Ticket Smart Birmingham Bowl. Auburn is currently a two-point favorite in this game. They are hosting number 20, Houston Cougars, over under set at 51 and a half. Um, this game is being played in Protective Stadium in Birmingham, Alabama. Ben, you locking anything up on this? I mean, so it's a home game for Auburn, if assuming their fans show up since it's in state. Is like, I haven't, I honestly haven't looked. Do we have like, like Tank Bigsby? He's not playing, right? Because he's in the transfer portal. Or Tank is Bigsby playing? is not playing, and Auburn has many other opt outs as well. Let me see yeah. if I can find all the names for you while you talk about it. They have a lot. And um, listen, their quarterback, he's gotten some experience the past couple weeks since Bo Nix was obviously injured. Um, that's obviously good news for Harson, who, you know, Colin plays because if you have a brand new quarterback going into a bowl game, it's just not ideal. I It's almost like, why is Auburn favored in this game? Um, I, I think it's because it's in the state of Alabama and just because they're an SEC team, to be honest with you. I, I would take Houston plus two. I, I, or honestly, I would probably just take Houston with the money line. Um, I just... Both teams, I think, will show up uh, when you have a young coach like Harson in his first year. Bowl games do mean something. Like, I, I, this isn't like an SEC team who had a bad year that made a bowl game where they don't, you know, you know, give a shit about this game. I think mm-hmm. Auburn will care about this game, but it's not to say Houston's a bad team because they're not. I actually like Houston's coach, and if you remember, it's the old, it's Dana um, Holgram, Holgerson. Holgerson. Um, He's got a lot of experience coaching in bowl games. He was decent at West Virginia in his day. So I'm going to take Houston. I I mean, it's probably smarter to take plus two, but I I might just take Houston money line. I I think both teams show up. I think we do get a a good bowl game to where you can tell both teams do actually want to win, and it means something to them. I'm just going to take Houston just from lack of familiarity with what I know from with Auburn's roster. Yeah, so – Let's get back to what we talked about here at the beginning, as Ben was alluding to. Tank Bigsby's not playing. He's the Auburn leading rusher. Bo Nix's not playing. He's the Auburn Shivers leading passer. Shivers is transferring as well. You're going to have guy missing on – I think they're missing one or two offensive linemen. Also, too, you're going to have cornerback Roger McCreary, linebacker Zacoby McClain, and that's uh, so right tackle uh, Bradarius Ham. All three of those guys out here as well. Auburn doesn't want to be in this game. They don't want to play. I mean, that ankle looked terrible for TJ Finley against Alabama. I don't think his ankles had quite enough time to heal up here. Auburn doesn't want to be here in this game. Houston on the flip side of things. Houston's going to come in fired up, man. They're playing an SEC team. I mean, this SEC team doesn't want to be here. A lot of times they're a lot better than these other teams. But in this situation, they don't want to be here, man. They want nothing to do with this game. Houston plus two, I'm taking that all day. You don't don't think it means anything? For, I don't think Auburn? this one means anything here for Auburn. I like I like that uh I like the money line pick you had as well. I think Houston wins this game straight up. I really don't think this I mean, I'd yeah. say Houston, I mean, I, I think Houston wins this game probably like to, like I don't think it's going to be high scoring. I think it would be like 27-20, something like that. I mean, I think it's going to be a tight game, but I think Houston will end up winning it. I just think Auburn's missing way too much. Houston's you know? defense is very underrated too. We we talked about this when they played in mm-hmm. the AAC Championship game. Yep. The people were talking about Cincinnati and how good their defense is. Houston's defense ranked better than Cincinnati's going into that game. Exactly. Um, obviously, Cincinnati handled their business, but I don't know. I, you and I probably – I think it sounds like we disagree a little bit. I, I think with a young coach, I think he can motivate his players, the ones that are playing, obviously, mm-hmm. uh, to show up because I think it means something when you're trying to build a program. But we'll have to find out. We'll see their effort level. Yeah, I do think Houston's a pretty good team. I think Auburn left it all out on the field against Alabama. So we'll see. I'm definitely playing Houston, though, plus two in this game. I've already locked that one in. Next game up here, we have Air Force versus Louisville. This one is the Serve Pro First Responders Bowl. This one's played in Dallas, Texas, in the uh, Gerald J. Ford Stadium. I believe this is not, that's not Jerry World. That's another stadium they have out in Dallas. Dallas is absolutely massive. Um, anyway, Louisville's a one and a half point favorite over under, and this one is at 55. So, First thing I'm going to drop a little knowledge on is 
service academies in bowl games are 20 and nine ATS. That's counting army, not covering the same time though. I think Louisville with Malik Cunningham, I think Cunningham can come out here and have a big game. This will probably be his last game as the Louisville Cardinals quarterback. I think he absolutely shows out. I don't really want anything on the side here. Louisville is a terrible defense. I don't think they can stop the run here. Also don't think that there's going to be much stoppage for air force. One thing I will keep my out on though, is a bunch of the Louisville wide receivers though have have opted out so louisville can be basically is going to have two wide receivers and some walk-ons i believe is like the situation we're looking at here or they haven't like officially opted out but there's rumors they're going to opt out i think it's something weird like that basically so air force could potentially be a later play i might add check me out on twitter at that uh tp3 bets or on instagram at tp3 bets you see me post that but I like the over here in this game. I just think Air Force is going to be able to run the ball up and down the field. I think regardless of those wide receivers play or not, Louisville is going to have some success. I think over 55 is too short. I think the final score of this game is going to be like 37-30 Air Force. Yeah, I'm actually on the same pick as you. I'm taking the over. And listen, like, I, I was I was really disappointed. Uh, the, the Louisville showing that they had at the last game of the regular season against Kentucky, that's – I know that that's more of a basketball rivalry, but it means a lot for the the people that live in the state of Kentucky. Yeah, I know several people that live in Louisville or are from Louisville. It means a lot. You know, it's red versus blue. Mm-hmm. It, it means a lot there. Uh, and they got waxed. It was like, wasn't it like, I think it was like 52 to 20 something. Like It was bad. Blo- they got blown out. Um, you, I mean, do you still like Satterfield? At one point, you loved them as a coach. I still like Satterfield. I think he's had a lot to deal with with the COVID stuff, you know, and then him potentially going yeah. to South Carolina. I feel like he hasn't really had – I mean, this is only, what, his third year now at Louisville last year being COVID, going to his fourth year. I still like Satterfield. I'm thinking turn around. I mean, Louisville has a good program history of, co- of college football. Yeah, and honestly, like matchups like this, I would typically – or just matchups in general for bowl games, I typically like to look at the stats. How do they rank up against the pass? But, I mean, like Air Force, like I'm looking at it now, like they're they're actually – good defensively against the uh against um the past of 20th in the country but you got to think about who they play right they don't they don't play the athletes that they don't like louisville's probably got a couple guys that can run a four six four seven like air force is playing other surface academies every once in a while is you know so stats kind of thrown out the window i'm gonna take the over in this matchup as well yeah, no, I agree. See, like the probably the best offense they played was Utah State and they lost 49 45. Yeah, I think the only thing with an over with a service kind of team is you need like a breakout run. At least you need at least one or really I would hope for two, but you need points in the first quarter. That's a must. And you need like a big run from the Air Force guys. So if they can get a couple, you know, if uh, both teams can score in the first quarter, uh, like, you know what I'm saying? Like if it's like 21 0 Louisville in the first quarter, you know we're going to need something from air force and they can't just run the ball the entire time mm-hmm. to eat up the clock. So we need some points in the first quarter. Yeah, no, I think, I think we'll get that over pretty easily. I think it'll be a high scoring game. Um, we'll go in rotation order here. Even though I don't have a bet on this game, kicking off at six forty-five on ESPN. This is still on Tuesday. We still got two other games to talk about on Tuesday here, guys. Seven, five Mississippi state takes on Texas tech. This is the auto zone Liberty bowl. This has got to be one of the oldest bulls there is. I actually think it is the <laughs> second oldest bowl. There's only one other one that's older, which got canceled, which is the sun bowl. But this game is played in Liberty Memorial stadium in Memphis, Tennessee. So down the road, a couple hours from Ben, this game will be taking place. Mississippi, State's currently a 10 or nine and a half point favorite over under set at 58 and a half. So this is Mike Leach versus old team. He was basically wrongfully fired as the, when he was the head coach back in the day at a tech at a Texas tech. At the same time, I don't really know how much that matters. Will Rogers, one of the best passing quarterbacks in the nation, the Texas Tech's going to have a backup uh, or is going to have an interim head coach in this game as they obviously hired a new guy and fired. I think it was Matt Wells as their head coach earlier in the season. I'm going to be honest, I don't have really anything strong in this game. If I had to, I would lay it with Mississippi State. I'm not really trying to lay nine and a half, though, in a bowl game. I don't know how motivated that the Bulldogs are here in this game. I definitely know for sure, though, they're going to be ringing those cowbells, and Memphis is close to uh, to, uh, Starkville. Yeah, to Starkville, Mississippi. So could be a decent show out from the home crowd. I'm just not going to touch this one altogether. No, I mean, I'm in the same boat. I'm not laying nine and a half uh, with Mississippi State. I I don't know enough about Texas Tech or Same. I don't I don't care to do the research on them 
for a game like this. There's other bowl games I'd rather watch and bet on. I mean, I'll tune into this game. Um, I almost wish this was like, this would be really fun if this was more like an old Texas Tech team to where we know they could put up like 30, 40 points and just look at the over being like 70, 75 or something yeah. like that. Um, but that's that's not the case here. Um, I'm going to lay off this if I had to make a pick. I don't even know, honestly. I, I'd probably just take Texas Tech and the points. Just if I'm just, you know, kind of lost and, and needing something, I'll just take a dog in a bowl game. Okay, fair enough. I like the I like the reasoning there. Um, so once we get to the later hour, we will have a couple games going on at once. Is we're going to have UCLA take on NC State. This is the San Diego County Credit Union Bowl. This game is actually played in Petco Park in San Diego, California. UCLA takes on number eighteen, NC State. NC State's a two and a half point favorite. Over under at sixty on this one. Ben, you got anything? So this is actually a bowl game that I do have interest in because I think it's exciting. I think we have two exciting parties in this game. Mm-hmm. Um, dude. So when this, do you remember, is there a way for you to check what the line started that in this game? Cause I swear I thought UCLA was maybe favored. No, it started at NC state minus two and a half and now it's at two minus two and a half. And now it's two. I mean, I need to do a little bit more research to see who's playing. Unless you know it off the top of your head is, is UCLA missing anybody? Big time because no, there shouldn't be any big time opt outs of this game. I don't, I just don't feel like NC State at this point out, they played, they were playing much better football, uh, in the middle of the year mm-hmm. than they were, um, late in the year. I mean, listen, they had a good season nine and three. I, I, I'd say that's a really good season for them. And they beat, uh, Clemson, North Carolina in that crazy game to finish the year. So I, I think. Like what we saw is earlier in the year, like if you look at uh, NC State's uh, three losses on the year, I know two of them for a fact without looking at their schedule. I know one's to Mississippi State, and I know one of them um, is to Wake Forest, which are two teams that can score a lot of points. And UCLA's got that ability, so I'm going to take UCLA and the uh, plus, I think it's plus two right now, isn't it? Yeah, UCLA plus two. I'm going to put them plus two because I think if, if UCLA can score points, NC State typically plays in close games. Yeah, so Ben, I'm actually going to go the opposite of you here on this one. Um, give me NC State plus two. Look, I think Devin Leary, he's the best passing quarterback in the history of this program. The guys he beat out are guys like Ryan Finley, guys like Phillip Rivers, guys like Mike Glennon. All these guys played in the NFL, which I think is huge. On top of that, um, to go on top of that um, – I, I, I just don't see any big wins on the schedule here. I mean, UCLA gets trashed by Utah. They lose to Oregon. They they lose to uh, – I mean, they beat USC. UCLA, USC's garbage. They beat Cal. They beat – I mean, like, I'm just looking on here trying to find a good win. I guess LSU at the beginning of the season was, but LSU wasn't even a good SEC team. I don't see any quality wins on there. MC State is a damn good defense team, is a really good offense. Y- y'all know I was high on NC State coming in the season this year. I think Ryan, or I think uh, Devin Leary and the squad get it done here. I think Bam Knight is a big day on the ground too. I think NC State comes out here in Petco Park and hits a couple big home runs and wins this game. <laughs> there you go. It's a cool venue. I mean, what do you do? You like uh, baseball stadiums host hosting? I love it. I honestly, think I, th- I think it's, it's kind of cool. Yeah, I think yeah. it's fun. Why not make it? You know, it's a bowl game. Like, why not do something to shake it up and make it a little more fun? Yeah, like Yankee Stadium um, has hosted that one. Uh, mm-hmm. For a couple of years now, I think Fenway has done maybe. I don't think they do one every year, but I feel like they've done one before. So uh, it's interesting. It's always interesting. No, Ben, I'm glad you brought that up about the baseball stadiums. The next two bowl games we're going to talk about are in base or in baseball stadiums. I don't know if you knew that or not, but a great throw there by Ben Gorwitz, everybody. With 10:15, yeah, guys, that's right. We got five games tomorrow, and the last one kicks off at 10:15. So if you're a real degenerate and want to stay up late and have something to do, you got it right here. You got six and six West Virginia taking on the Minnesota Gophers, who are eight and four in the Guaranteed Rate Bowl. This one is in Chase Field, home of the Arizona Diamondbacks in Phoenix, Arizona. The spread on this one is minus five. For Minnesota, over-under set at 45. Look, Minnesota had a lot of injuries this season. They played a lot of good games. I mean, they pretty much were a tight, tight, tight match with Iowa away from going to the Big Ten Championship and getting slaughtered by Michigan. 
I think Minnesota's still got a little bit left to play for here. I think that PJ Flex a good motivator, and I think you'll have a motivated. Also, too, West Virginia is terrible, in my opinion. This team's trash. I think West Virginia is going to come out here and get smacked. I like Minnesota here in this one, minus the five. I don't know if I'm going to play it, though. I might stay off this one. That'll that's kind of leaks a little into my NBA window at 10 o'clock. So I don't know if I'm gonna play on this one or not, but I give me Minnesota minus the five. Yeah. So the thing with West Virginia is they are really, really bad offensively. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they really struggle to move the football, but their defense isn't horrible. Um, I, you know, if, if you watch West Virginia games, I've probably watched maybe three this year. They're kind of a culprit of their defense isn't bad, but they can, they can, uh, surrender a, a decent amount of points occasionally because they're on the field more often than not, you know, like their, their offense goes four or five plays and they're punting the ball or, or, you know, three and outs. And so that's kind of the case. Minnesota has just been decimated uh, by injuries specifically at the running back position. I think they've lost three running backs this year. If I'm not okay. mistaken, one of, one of them might've come back at some point this year, um, but their star running back got hurt against Ohio state. Um, early in the year, he's been out for the year, but he did announce he's coming back. So that's always good for PJ Fleck. Uh, I haven't officially taken it yet and it's a low number, but I, I think I might play the under in this game. I'm, I think it's like 45, 44 and a half right now. Um, listen, it's a low total, especially for college nowadays, but both defenses can kind of, um, show out in, in, uh, mm-hmm. in games this year. And, even though it's a low total, I think the, I think the number is probably around correct, and I might I might take the under. Which I mean, in bowl games, it's never fun to take an under. But if I'm going to take anything in this game, I'm going to take the under because both offenses can really struggle to move the football. And when Minnesota is moving the football on offense, mm-hmm. they have long drives. <laughs> it takes up a lot of time. Yeah. Hey, if I'm in the mood to be a late night to gin, I might hop on that one with you more so than the Minnesota minus five, but. Those are solid leans. For I just us don't know if I can trust Minnesota to lay five against anyone right now. I mean, you know, they're they're missing some guys. I mean, they, they've had a lot of injuries. West Virginia year. is pretty bad, though. You know, they're bad, but their defense isn't horrible. Like I think their defense is like it, it's like thirty fifth in the country and give in total yards allowed. So it's like it's not bad. It's it's a really solid defense. They're just on the field a lot. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree with you on that one. Um. Now let's move to uh, Wednesday where we got some good games here. Um, unfortunately, we had the Fenway Bowl, which is going to be played in Fenway Park between SMU and Virginia, canceled due to weather. So that cancels one of our baseball games. Would have That one would have been a great one to – or canceled due to COVID, not weather. That would have been a great one to take the over. We got two big-time passing offense, two terrible defenses. Well, um, I think Virginia was, like, missing a quarterback or something, weren't they? I don't even know, honestly. I know their coach left. They had a bunch of wide receivers opt out. The game ended up getting canceled. So it doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah, yeah. But I th- I do think you're right there. They were missing a decent bit of their team. So it probably would have been a good spot to actually take SMU. But um at kicking off at 215, we on ESPN, we have the New York's the Yankee Stadium Bronx Bowl. This is the pinstripe bowl, the new era pinstripe bowl in Bronx. Stadium, a stadium where you see a lot of long balls get connected on. Maryland is a three-point favorite over under at 54 and a half. I'm actually going to take Maryland here. Virginia Tech doesn't have head coach Justin Fuente anymore. Mike Loxley and, the, and Talia Tagovailoa should have a lot to play for. Virginia Tech's had a ton of opt-outs, quarterbacks, wide receivers, running backs, offensive linemen, defensive players. I think everyone's checked out on Virginia on Virginia Tech's team here. I, nobody wants to be here playing in this game. I think Maryland will clean them up, and Maryland might have a decent uh, crowd, actually. You know, Baltimore, Maryland's not too far from New York City, so I think Maryland could have a little bit of a crowd here. Should be a good one to watch Maryland get a W at, during the daytime while you're working, Ben. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually also going to take Maryland. I, I don't really like either of these programs where they're at right now. Um, but I, I'm, you know what, it, I'm taking Maryland because I like Michael Loxley. He used to coach at Alabama. Yep. They have yeah. uh, Talia, who used to play at Alabama. And, uh, you know, a little bit of a homer pick. But good news for Maryland. Uh, Jacob Copeland from Florida. Uh, played in the bowl game for Florida a couple of days ago and was transferring mm-hmm. after it committed to Maryland. So nice little, uh, nice little wide receiver. They got, they still have, I mentioned his name every time. Rakeem Jarrett. Um, yeah. Rakeem Jarrett. I'm pretty sure that's his name. Um, big yards after the catch guy for Maryland. So if they can maybe get him to come back next season, they might have two nice receivers to throw to. 
just give me Maryland. Uh, I mean, Virginia Tech is just – I wouldn't back them ever right now. Yeah, I agree with you completely on that one. Virginia Tech's an ugly squad. Definitely like the side there in that one. Um, next game up here on the board, we got number 19 Clemson taking on Iowa State. This is the Cheez-It Bowl. This is played in Camping World Stadium in Orlando, Florida. Um, Clemson is currently a one-point favorite over under at 44 in this game. Brees Hall has opted out. Brock Purdy still playing. Then he's going off to the NFL. Ben, what are you taking in this? I think Clemson blows them the fuck out. And I know that they don't have – either coordinator coaching mm-hmm. this game because Venables has already left for Oklahoma. And um, oh, I'm blanking on Tony Elliott has left mm-hmm. for Virginia, I believe. Did he take the Virginia job? I think he did. Uh, yeah. Um, I, I'm not that worried. Uh, Dabo has called plays before in his career. I, I'm sure he's going to be calling them now. They also hired from within. So there's not that unf- there's not much unfamiliarity between with the players and the coaches they have. Their new defensive coordinator was either the secondary's coach or like the linebacker's coach. He just mm-hmm. got promoted. And then the new offensive coordinator was like the wide receiver's coach or something. So maybe even he's going to call plays. Dabo will probably help him out. I, I don't think this is even close. And I think, I, I, I don't know, like, I think Matt Cable screwed up. I do. Absolutely. Now he, he definitely screwed up. He should have got out he, there when he had his best team in there. And I get it. Like, I appreciate the loyalty because there's not a lot of loyalty in the world. I appreciate that he wanted to stick around and accomplish everything that he set out to do in Ames, Iowa. And I appreciate that. There's a lot of loyalty there. And you can see it on his face. In senior day, he was crying, hugging his players. Like, that's great. That's what makes college football great, the pageantry that you can get. At the end of the day, you always have to do what's best for yourself. Yep. And he turned down a lot of money. Um, and I don't know if he's ever going to get offers like that again because this was the best team he will ever coach at Iowa State. It's probably the most mm-hmm. talented team Iowa State has ever had. And mm-hmm. they absolutely blew it away. Yeah, we and talked about Iowa State. They're, they're seven and five. The fact that they had two dark horses – to win the Heisman, a coach of the year candidate, especially for the Big 12, and a potential dark horse playoff team that some people thought. And they're seven and five. I mean, they got massacred this season. And you can point to it, as many excuses as you want for that we talk about for other teams, COVID this, COVID that, injuries. I'm not allowing that for Iowa State because they had a quarterback who's been in the system for four or five years, a running back who's been in the system for four or five years, a coach who's coached them the whole time. Like, you should just know how to win football games at this point. And they're 7-5. I think Clemson blows them out. And listen, we were hard on Clemson this year, especially I was. But they deserved it. But yeah. if you look back if you look back on it, they really didn't have that bad of a year. They just had a bad year for Clemson standards, right? They had a really bad year for Clemson standards, but in in terms of standards for college football, when you have a new running back, offensive line, quarterback, they weren't horrible. And they closed out the year well. Davo got his assistance paid. Um, finally, seems like Venables would just never leave. Um, so congrats to the coordinators for Clemson. They got promoted from within. That's a big Clemson thing to do. They don't like to bring outsiders in. And they do everything Davo's way. And listen, I, I think Davo... If I know anything about Dabo is he's going to get his team to show up in every single game because he just loves the game of football. I don't think this game's close. Yeah, Ben, you know, I was going to make the same points you were. I think Clemson's probably the right side here. I haven't played it officially yet. I'm going to take something in this game for sure because the next game we'll talk about is probably the one bowl game I'd want to stay away from the most of any. But um, yeah. Iowa State and Clemson as well. I kind of like the under here a little bit. I don't. I mean, Iowa State's offense is abysmal for all the reasons you said. And there have been. I think it's funny because we highlighted all these points coming to season for Iowa State of how that we thought that like they were so overrated and stuff, and they had their best team ever, and they're really going to have to prove it to us, and they did not prove it to us. We definitely were hard on Clemson. I think they deserved it. So I agree with everything Ben said there. I'm between the under or the side of Clemson in this game. I'll make my mind up on game day, probably which one I'm going to play. Um, next game up here, number uh, is the Valero Alamo Bowl. Number 14, Oregon takes on number 16, Oklahoma. This game is played in the Alamo Dome in San Antonio, Texas. Over under in this game is at 60 and a half. 
Um, Oklahoma was a four and a half point favorite when we started the podcast. They're now favored by seven. I assume Oregon has more opt outs. I'm going to go ahead and say this. I don't know if you have an official play in this game or not, Ben. Mario Cristobal is no longer the coach at Oregon. Lincoln Riley is no longer the coach at Oklahoma. Um, tons of players have entered the transport portal for both teams. Tons of players are opting out of this game. I mean, literally before they match these two teams up against each other, I thought to myself, I was like, damn, I can't wait to fade Oregon and Oklahoma in bowl season. Of course, they're both playing each other. I will not touch this game. I honestly don't even think I'm going to watch this game. I'm not touching it. I will say, even though both teams don't have their uh, original coaches that they started the season with, uh, there's a major coaching advantage. I don't know who's coaching for Oregon, but I know Bob Stoops is coaching for, for Oklahoma. Oh, Bob Stoops is coaching for Oklahoma? Is he not? No, you're probably right, honestly. I didn't really didn't do any research on the game. Once I saw they were playing each other, I just said I'm just not even going to try to play that one. I believe he, he said I will. he's recruiting. He was recruiting for Oklahoma before they hired Venables. He was, like, literally going on recruiting trips. Who is well, – I'm going to look it up right now. Um, but I'm pretty sure it's – yeah, Bob Stoops. Uh, Bob Stoops lays out Oklahoma coaching. I'm pretty sure it's Bob Stoops. Okay. Um, if Maybe I had Oklahoma take, is the side. If I had to take anything, so like for the podcast, since we typically make picks, I'm laying the points with Oklahoma. Um, well, yeah. Is Kevon Thibodeau playing? There's no way, right? He's no, opt he opted out. out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I would lay the points with Oklahoma. I mean, it's similar to what we talked about before we started. Uh, with the Western Michigan game today, like they were not, it's not the same because Western Michigan was six point underdogs. And then after all the opt outs, they became seven point favorites. Like that's a no brainer to take Western Michigan. And they're up, ah, they're up 38 17. We might have a little bit of a Nevada fourth quarter comeback, but um, it's the same thing here. Like if Oklahoma was favored originally, they're favored by even more now when both teams lost mm-hmm. their coaches. I would, I would take Oklahoma with the points, especially because how much of a mismatch we have at quarterback between Anthony Brown and Caleb Williams. I mean, Oh my God. Um, So I would lay it with Oklahoma, but I'm not taking anything officially. No, I agree with you completely on this one. This is, I I really don't even want to watch this game to be honest with you. That's another reason why I'm not going to bet on it, but yeah, there's no, there's just, I don't know. It's it's just an awful game. By the way, I'm pretty sure even if Kayvon Thibodeau didn't take off the, uh, the, or even if, even if he did or didn't opt out, I'm pretty sure he opted out in that Utah game in the first quarter was sh- showing that they had. So it's enough on yeah. that one. Next game we got here is the battle for North Carolina played in Charlotte, North Carolina, or the battle for the Carolinas played in Charlotte, North Carolina, and Bank of America Stadium. The Duke's Mayo Bowl hosted between North Carolina and South Carolina. The line on this game is nine over under 58 and a half. Ben, anything from you on this game? Oh, this one, I don't know. Like, this one's hard to read because I think I think North Carolina is the better team, better uh, – I think they have the better roster. I just think Shane Beamer, like, he, he coaches with such enthusiasm. Like, it, mm-hmm. he loves the game of football. He loves coaching the game of football. And I think he – I think South Carolina will come to show in this game now – the roster starting in 2022 will look a lot different than the bowl game in 20 and uh, the bowl game in 2022 because of uh, actually, no, this is still in 2021. Yeah. Uh, because Spencer Rattler and a couple of Oklahoma guys came over to play for Shane Beamer. But like, if I'm not going to have an official pick. If I had to take something, I would probably what, what's the spread again? Nine. I feel like that's a lot. Sam Howell is he playing? Sam Howell is playing. Yeah, I, I would, I would probably take the underdog here, just because it seems like like is North Carolina really nine points better than anyone at this point in the year? I don't know if they are, but I do think they have the more talented roster. But if I had to take something, I would take South Carolina with the points. You know, Ben, Sam Howell's last game in college. You got to think he wants to show out here to improve his draft stock. But let's fast forward back to the last thing you said. Isn't should North Carolina be favored by nine points over anyone? Force pick for now, <laughs> South Carolina plus the nine. I'm probably not going to touch this game, honestly. It's on at 11:30 a.m. on Wednesday. I mean, I know I'm going to want action, but I'll probably stay off this one just because I'll be doing productive, the few productive things I have to do in my day that early in the day. So that'll probably keep me away from that one. But I would take the plus nine, man. I do think it's kind of a trap, but at the same time, North Carolina has not proven that they should be minus nine against anyone all season long. Next game up is at 3 p.m. on ESPN. 
This game is being played in Nissan Stadium. This is in your backyard in Ben Nashville, Tennessee. The ticket tickets yeah. are actually pretty high on this one. $57, believe it or not, to go watch the Transperfect Music City Bowl, another classic old bowl game. Tennessee is currently minus five and a half, over under at 60, uh, uh, 63 and a half. This is Tennessee versus Purdue, by the way. I don't know if I said that. But, Ben, you locking anything up? As of right now, I don't have anything. But I, I've really wanted to take um, – I've really wanted to take – Tennessee with the points here. I just think, I think they have a little bit of momentum. Like uh, I think that might Mm -hmm. be a little crazy to say, but I think Heupel found something. And the fact that he's staying, he didn't take another job. He's committed to Tennessee. I think it means something. And listen, Purdue, if I know anything about Purdue's defense this year is that they can give up the the deep ball and Tennessee throws the deep ball just about as good as anyone else in the country. And I, I think Tennessee can find a way to get explosive plays. My lean right now is Tennessee with the points, to be honest with you. Um, it hasn't officially been played yet. If I, It's also a decent over game. Now, the total is kind of high, but both of these teams can score, and Tennessee can – oh, my God, can they give up points. Um, but for right now, I'm picking <laughs> tennis, Tennessee in the, in the points. Man, once again, I'm going to go back to what you said, man. Oh, my God, can Tennessee score? I think both these offenses are going to have a shootout. Purdue's going to give up that deep ball all day to Hendon Hooker and company. I think Tennessee's going to run it up. I think your Tennessee minus five and a half, probably the right side there. I think it's moved a little much. I wish I could have snagged it at three. Technically, Purdue opened up as a two and a half point favorite. I think they're going to put some points up, man. I think at 64, I mean, that's a pretty high total. I think this game will be, I mean, I just think the defenses are, could give a shit in this game. I think this game is going to be in the forties for both teams. It's going to be a fun one to watch. Give me the over in that one. Um, Next game up here on the board. This game is played in my backyard. I actually think I'm going. You can literally pay nine dollars right now to sit in the lower bowl in this one. You got number twelve Pittsburgh taking on number ten Michigan State. This is the Chick Fil A Peach Bowl played in Atlanta. So this is going to be a fun one to watch, guys. I probably so. Here's the interesting things for y'all. Michigan State's defense is terrible. Pittsburgh will not have Kenny Pickett. I think Addison is playing, though, who's a beast wide receiver for them. He was was a finalist for the Bolitnikoff Award for the best wide receiver in the nation. I believe he won the award. Did he not? No, I thought Jameson Williams won it. You might be right, though. He might be the award winner. But anyway, on the flip side of things, Kenneth Walker has opted out of this game, beast running back for Michigan State. I think it's next man up for for Michigan State Spartans here. Pittsburgh kind of had their big win, man. They won the ACC championship. This team's completely checked out. I wouldn't be surprised if I crossed paths with them in Buckhead the night before, out and about, having fun. Um, I think on the flip side of things, Mel Tucker's a big motivator. He just got his big contract. He's going to want to prove it. This Michigan State program, I mean, was the laughingstock of college football a couple years in a row when they had high expectations with Mark D'Antonio and didn't perform. I think Mel Tucker's trying to turn this thing around. And by God, he has turned this thing around. I think Michigan State comes out here and smacks a Michigan State minus two and a half for me. Yeah, uh, the Pittsburgh receiver did win the bulletin call, by the way. Okay. Um, I agree with you. Um, I know that I – mean, I mean, you said it perfectly. The weakness of Michigan State plays perfectly into the strength of Pitt, but Pitt doesn't have their Heisman candidate quarterback. Um Pitt just got a transfer from some quarterback transferred to Pitt to play next year. Really? Yeah. Who was it? But it was weird because the offensive coordinator who Kenny Pickett just thrived with left Pitt. So I don't know why this, who was it? Who the Google? Uh, well, I talked this game real quick. Do me a favor. Google who just transferred to Pitt. He's a quarterback. Okay. Um, I'm taking Michigan State in this game. I think Michigan State, even without Kenneth Walker, can still run the football all over Pitt. I think they can control the line of scrimmage in this game. And I agree with everything you said about Mel Tucker. Um, Big-time motivator. I think this will mean something to him. I think they show out in this game. I think we could have a lot of points in this game, even without Walker and Pickett. But I'm just going to lay Michigan State minus two. Keaton Slovis from USC is your guy. Thank you. God, I hate Do not call him my guy because I hate him. <laughs> I think he is so overrated. That's hilarious. Yeah, I agree with you completely. I think he's pretty overrated too. He was only good when he had Michael Pittman and Amros St. Brown. So we've seen what those guys can do in the NFL. Last game up here on the slate. 
We got the Dave Wisconsin. Brown, we got the Lions. Yeah, he's a beast, man. We got the Wisconsin Badgers taking on Arizona State. This game's played at 10:30 p.m. This is the SSR Distributors Las Vegas Bowl, played in Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas, Nevada. Total on this one's four, over under 42. Um, Wisconsin two is a six point favorite. Two which, teams yeah. you can't trust. You can't trust either one of these teams. Um, what was the line again? Six. Six for Wisconsin. You just can't trust either of these teams to show out. You really can't. I'm, I think if the number stays at six, I think it's worth taking Wisconsin. I think if it gets over a touchdown, I think it's worth flipping to Arizona State. And I know that that's not the sharpest advice to give, but it's the fact that if you can get over a touchdown against Wisconsin, I think that's the number you want. But if you stay within a touchdown, like you're getting six, Wisconsin can really control the game with time of possession. And they've played a little bit better. Their quarterback, uh, Graham Mertz, has played a little bit better later in the season when it really hasn't mattered than what he showed in the beginning of the season when it did matter in big games. I think as long as he can keep his turnovers down, which can't always do, um, I just think with a low total, I think it kind of plays towards Wisconsin's style of play a little bit more. Their defense is still solid, even even if they have opt-outs. I would if it stays at six and under a touchdown, I would I'm gonna take Wisconsin probably. Mm-hmm. That's just because I think the total plays more for their style of play. Yeah, so I agree with you. I think I'm taking the under as well in this game. I lean Arizona State as well with the points. Player to watch in this game, though. You lean Arizona Ra- State or Wisconsin? Arizona State plus six, and then the okay. under my leans right now. Probably, I don't know if I'll play something in this one or not. Um, but the guy to watch for, man, is Bre- is Breland Allen, running back for Wisconsin. This kid is a freaking beast. He's a true freshman. I'm telling y'all, he's the next best running back in college football. He's going to be the next big dog in the NFL. He's an absolute freak of nature. I think he might be the kid that transferred from Clemson. Yeah, I, th- I don't know if he transferred or not from Clemson, but the- I remember I or watched Or was committed the- to Clemson maybe at one point. It's one of the – I think that's him. Yeah, he's a freshman, though. I remember watching the game against Nebraska, and they were showing him squatting like like 800 pounds or something insane like that. This kid is a freak of nature. I expect him to run the ball early and often in this game. But, yeah, I don't think you can trust Wisconsin laying six in this one. Also, I mean, this is kind of the battle of who's more fraudulent in this one. I really don't like anything in this one. I'm going to take the under probably in this game. But, I mean, this is kind of – I mean, this is your game that deserves to be on at 1030 at night. You know, like who wants to watch this crap? Um, yeah. Yeah, that's the way I look at it with that game, pretty much. But um, yeah, guys, we got a good slate on Friday. Friday, we got both the college football Final Four games. We got potentially Washington State getting a new opponent in the uh, Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl. Um, we got Central Michigan and Boise, and also Wake Forest and Rutgers. So me and Ben will get all those games for you on Friday, of course, as well. We're gonna have the Saturday games where we got a decent slate. Too bad they're all meaningless games, and we'll get you all as well the Tuesday game in the Tax Act Texas Bowl. So. We got all that coming for you all in the next podcast. Um, appreciate everyone who tuned in today. Ben, anything else from you before we get out of here? I think that's just about it, man. Yeah, this has been a long one from us, guys, but we got, had a lot to cover on this one. I'm worried, Trust me, we'll give you all in-depth breakdowns of the College Football Final Four. It's going to be absolutely awesome and electric. I cannot wait. Ben might hate my hopefully, pick. Hopefully. Cross your fingers. We have not had two good semifinal games since the playoff was invented, mm-hmm. which was 2014. 15. Is that right? 2015? No, oh, uh, it technically is a 2014 season, but the games didn't occur until 2015. Got it. So we have not seen two competitive semifinal matchups. Um, hopefully we get one. Yeah, it'll be nice to get one. As long as my team wins, I don't care how close it is. <laughs> I can't wait for people, oh, you only beat Cincinnati by this much? Yeah, well, we are playing them. in the national championship, so I don't care. Yeah, what's your team doing these days? <laughs> That's always the best response. Running back for Clemson. I mean, I'm sorry, running back for Cincinnati. And I'll talk about this more in depth when we talk about it. From Alabama. I had a class with him one time. Jerome Ford. There we go, guys. There's a little allusion to the game. Appreciate everyone who tuned in today. Please gamble responsibly. I'll talk to you all again soon.